0: Okay, Megan. It's time to do a cold open. Uh, let me just go to Google. We're gonna type in funny Paul Blart quotes. I'm sure there's a ton of them. Oh, to work there's. With. I've not. I didn't know Google could return zero results nowadays. I thought there would at least be something. that's <laughs> <was> completely empty. <laughs> oh wait, no, Megan. It just can't. There's there's one result oh yeah did google did did google just say wait no don't tap away from the page we found something our researchers have dug something up (laughs) and it's 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 fun fiction So welcome to Fun Fiction, the show where two idiots ruin that thing you like. And I always bet on Blart. Scotty Moore.
1: And I'm going to crawl inside you and lay eggs like a baby spider. I'm making danger.
0: (laughs) I'm going to preemptively apologize (laughs) on this one. Um, Mm. So, okay, because, so. It it, it feels like, I'm going to say, a cruel
1: whim of yours. (laughs) To to make me experience the the whiplash of of last episode, I I had I experienced the euphoria of being able to talk about a, a piece of media that I genuinely and sincerely enjoy yeah. without a, a trace of irony, mm-hmm. and then now to follow it up <laughs> with 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 just just trash garbage there's no
0: better way to describe how i felt with you and jeff on the call and i'm like oh fuck i gotta pick something Than a whim it was truly a whim as i said i guess we're talking about paul blart mall cop and then since we have recorded that episode every day i have looked at myself in the mirror and said fuck i gotta watch paul blart mall cop oh no i have to watch paul blart mall cop good Did you, I at least had the benefit of uh, watching it with our Discord live, so it was, it was a bunch of us all hanging out, and at one point during the first one, they said, Scotty, are we watching the second one, too? With almost a sound of fear in their voice, as <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yes, we are. Papa, will there be more Paul Blood? Give <laughs> me more Paul blot, Papa. <laughs> Papa, I'm so frightened of the ball cop. I don't know which one I... S- like is a strong word here. Which one I prefer. Because the second one is objectively a worse movie. But I think that makes it better, weirdly. Yeah, okay. Actually,
1: I agree. I think both of them are fucking abysmal (laughs) but the first one's kind and i have a fun story to to, that'll go with this but the first was kind of more sad because it's like kind of more grounded yeah it's he's just he's just a sad man and so at least in the second one he is still also a sad awful man but because it's bigger yeah like you know in the second one he fight he fist fights a large bird and it's it, while a man plays piano in the background <laughs> you know what that is actually kind of funny in the first one he kills a dog with his segway he
0: does straight up kill it and I don't want to go and use like till death to us us blart like references but yeah like the worst thing you can do for your protagonist within the first few minutes of your story is to have them kill a dog and yet paul blart said i'm in i'm killing this dog right away (laughs) this is
1: happening and then i mean like the, the second movie's like how could we top that okay he gets divorced again and also his mom gets hit by a truck and dies
0: it's so artful. Me and so, uh, your boy Chips Ahoy was also watching it. And I believe they were the only other person who had seen Paul Blart 2 and was aware of it. So we almost, it was like watching like reruns of an old sitcom where we were like, yeah, it's this. <laughs> yeah, there it goes. Yo, we just got hit by a car. Let's go. Fuck. Uh, yeah, no, the first one is, I think, objectively worse but better it well the first one does also feature this isn't a fun fact about it but it is a fact about it it does feature a man who lied about being involved in 9-11 and (laughs) and i'm not gonna lie every time that dude showed up on screen i was like i'm only gonna talk about 9-11 for this scene and that's it
1: both films uh Apart from like you know, both films feature uh, heavy doses of like misogyny, weird sexual assault, apologism, or like sexual harassment apologism. Yeah, not as, I won't go as far to say assault, but sexual harassment apologism hugely. The
0: second one's the worst. Is uh, I think the worst one on sexual not assault. You're uh, but like the apologism. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, is- I misspoke there- on that one. But sexual
1: harassment, yes. And then in the like, because you have the one where he goes to the woman in the second one and and is just like, no, it's you're not it's fine it's good you like this guy this guy's uh, an
0: expert (laughs) at recognizing distress in women i'm like that's because he (laughs) puts them there to study them
1: (laughs) and then but then the first one the the what's her face that he likes? He is stalking her in that mall. He follows her with the security camera.
0: Yeah, that one wasn't good. Also, I do believe—I don't know if this is correct. We'd have to ask a former guest on the show. I do believe that's the woman from Glee as well. Ah, uh,
1: yes, because that's why. Uh, not that I have any knowledge of that, but that's why they divorced. In the beginning of the second one. Because she had to go do Glee shit.
0: Oh that's so good. I love that. (laughs) And she is also. She's the most Caucasian woman. And she works at a kiosk. (laughs) That is called Unbelievable. And I'm like no. You can't do this Paul Blart.
1: That's such an fucking adam sandler joint joke
0: (laughs) yeah uh we we watched the entire first one and then the second one i I think the other thing about the second one like you said it's bigger but also like it's not just in a mall there are numerous fun (laughs) locales they go to versus the first movie where the the most fun we had watching paul blart one was looking at the stores in the mall and trying to guess what other stores were in that mall at the time.
1: See, I feel like you could now nowadays you can watch it and just be like that no longer exists, that no longer
0: exists. Sharp, actually, that is a, um, no, I won't say a main point, but it is an early point in my fan fiction this week is the stores closing <laughs> down. Um.
1: He fi- he firebombs Rainforest Cafe. He fucking murders that ma- He
0: killed <laughs> He a murderer paul blart is a canonical murderer here's the thing and this is what astounded me the most i'm sure uh, the second one weirdly enough featured more of paul like stopping and checking people's pulse and shit to show like oh they're not dead it's okay he straight up sets a man on fire in the first movie and i think the best kill that's not a confirmed kill in the second one is when paul Sees a briefcase that says bulletproof on it, which... That's not a thing <laughs> like That's You don't make bulletproof suits So in my mind I'm like oh that's just the brand name It's like we are built tough These are bulletproof suitcases Which would have been hilarious if Paul just ended up getting shot Because he doesn't <laughs> understand brand names But That would have been so good But he like launches himself forward Onto this staircase Launches He's in it he's, the, A whole Kevin James is in this suitcase He launches into the <laughs> air And Cracks this dude on the skull on like the point of the suitcase, and the man doesn't die. <laughs> that man should be dead. A hundred. That was the guy who I believe looked like a human version of the Thing from the Fantastic Four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I think the thing that pisses me off the most about the Paul Blart films and are we're not doing recaps, are we? Cause, no, like, absolutely it's pretty, not. It's pretty straightforward. Paul Blart is a mall cop. <laughs> hijinks happen
0: have you seen die hard it's die hard but with kevin james in it have you seen home alone yeah uh, it's (laughs) die hard plus home alone plus king of queens plus an insane amount of fat phobia like a violent amount which i did keep in my fan fiction as well to stay true to it but i did go so over the top that it's luckily hopefully gonna wrap back around
1: and it's kind of fucked up. I mean, the fat phobia and the body shaming is just fucked up in general, but it's kind of fucked up because, like, Kevin James co-wrote both films.
0: Yes. W- w- hold on. It's
1: like, eh, that's, that's you. Do you but d- d-
0: and, d- d- and, d- Do you know who else d- wrote the film?
1: The Salem from Salem. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes, I do. Norbert Beaver
0: wrote Paul Blart Mall Count. Um, but no, I do believe Paul Blart does have a bigger kill count than the first Rambo film, and that's hilarious to me.
1: That's amazing. That's very good. But so so speaking to that, where I, I started with that, the thing that pisses me off the most about these movies, which isn't, it's not, everything pisses me off. Why, why did you do this to me? I hate you. Um, it's the... Shocking inconsistency of of the man, the myth, the mall cop, Paul Blart, because he is both a, a, a big, fat, dumb, incompetent idiot, but also he does cool stuff dunce and, and <laughs> kills.
0: He kills for sport. He is Paul <laughs> the Larkin,
1: all cop. It just doesn't, he's just shitty when it's funny to kind of point and be like, hey, look at him, he's so, like, he, when he's trying to become a, a, state troop or what a cop or whatever like a real for real cop and like he does the test and he could do all the things he just doesn't get there because of his hypoglycemia i'm not even gonna get into the fucking hypoglycemia we have to have
0: to discuss his popeye the sailor man-esque need for pixie sticks but what i love about that first (laughs) scene is the fact that he literally does like a standing beautiful backflip, is running like he's acing this test and then at the very end his hypoglycemia as it does with every person with hypoglycemia, causes him to immediately drop dead on the spot and scoot like within three inches of the finish line, and they're still like, we're not hiring this dude. He couldn't make that one last run, you idiot.
1: I mean, i people were like, we're not hiring this dude. Apparently he could just drop from like fucking narcolepsy at any moment. Whenever
0: <laughs> at any moment he can die. I OK, there are.
1: And so to like that would almost be a thing that it's like, yeah, he's like a big guy, but clearly he's in shape. Like, look at all this stuff he can do. And you know? Kevin
0: James is. In, well, in, I think he did get bigger for this role. I think he was littler and Kevin. I was about to say Kevin of Queens, but that's incorrect. I think he did get <gasps> bigger for this role just to make it funnier, I guess. But he's like an in shape dude. Like, and here comes—he's just a bigger. Yeah, he's just like a bigger guy. Like, I, I wouldn't
1: like. He's not like someone I would look at and be like, mm, "Yeah, that's a, that's a big old dude." I don't know. I don't want to say that, but like so it's just really weird where it's like yeah like he can pull off all this stuff and then it's just like look at this fat piece of shit paul
0: blart if you were a construction worker and paul blart walked by you'd be like yo big boy what's up big boy (laughs) there's a lot of bad things in both of the movies but i have one that is a personal vendetta that i will never forgive paul blart 2 for and it's the fact that They set up a Chekhov's gun. Well, firstly, they do have Chekhov's literal gun show that they all use later. But there's also a Chekhov's gun that they don't fire. And I wish they did. And it's the fact that at the beginning of the movie, when they're checking in, Paul's like, I'm going to be part of the big uh, cop festival thing. And it's, it's the biggest thing going on. And they're like, no, the biggest thing going on is mini kisses here. Which is normal kiss, but little, <laughs> and it sure is. And later in the movie, Paul gets into an elevator and is like, "You guys play Beth?" Which I feel like would be my first question if I met Mini is Do you play Beth? <laughs> and then he gets off the elevator, and then like one of the Mini Kissers is like told you we should play beth and then they don't play beth in the movie and i'm so upset about it
1: truly this is the great sin of paul blart balkopf too Um
0: no the strawberry, the strawbukaki is the great sin of paul blart too god
1: oh, yeah i guess i guess we cuz yeah he's got hypoglycemia which in the movie, just means sometimes he just passes the fuck out unless he crams candy down his his terrible Kevin James face hole. Yeah,
0: pure pixie <laughs> and- <laughs> sticks. He just keeps pixie sticks on him. <laughs>
1: And in, in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, he does basically get what is essentially a cum shot from a child's ice cream cone.
0: <laughs> that was the best part of watching it with Discord as they were all like, oh, no, it, it won't be that bad. He's just going to like lick, off the, lick it off the ground, which is like already objectively a bad thing. And then they're like, wait, no, why is he turning over like that? Wait, no, why is he doing it like that? which he has a moment like that in both of them and arguably i guess pop by the sailor man eating him some spimmage moment um <laughs> i think the one in the first one's worse because it's just a nasty sucker covered in like lint and stuff it is
1: it is it is a disgusting like floor lollipop yeah <laughs> but it, it doesn't have the immediate that, that that the very specific horror of like the accompanying visual of kevin James. Of, of-
0: Ah, uh, ah, uh, hi, gowing, up uh, uh, strawberry <laughs> ice cream cone.
1: <laughs> oh, I guess, I guess do you, do you want to hear the the story with how I I I first watched uh Paul Blart's Mall Cop?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I literally saw it with my parents in theaters because that's the kind of person I was back then. <laughs> So you would have been the same age as my brother. So you would have been like 16, Scotty. Yeah, my dad loves Kevin James a lot. Because my dad looks (laughs) an inappropriately large amount like Kevin James. On the sliding scale between me and Kevin James, my dad is in the middle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So in order to understand the state of mind that I was
0: in when I first watched Paul Blart Mall Cop. This sounds like the beginning of a Magnus archives episode. <laughs> well, I got to
1: give context. okay? And that means I have to talk about this thing called Hessfest.
0: O- okay. Is this something I can find on Google?
1: No, no, you can't. Okay. Um, because it's the name that me and my brother gave to the four plus days of debauchery one beautiful summer. Oh, okay. Uh, when I was home from college and he was still in high school. And Hess uh, H- 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 is my actual last name. That's why it's Hess H- It's not
0: dangerous. Dame-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So my parents were out of town. And they were on a cruise for like their anniversary Mm -hmm. uh, for like a week. And so me and my brother, who had been up until this point, incredibly boring children, uh, we threw a multi-day rager at our house. Oh my God, what? And we called it, we called it Hess Fest. And there were just, (laughs) it was just a large amount of people just drunk and or stoned for several days
0: you lived the aaron carter aaron's party come get it but in real life <laughs> yeah uh at
1: the end of Hessfest,
0: Uh um, your big send-off
1: <laughs> well no no they i don't even remember if we had well i'm gonna be honest it's like flashes of my brother uh who would like had a darth Vader mask on
0: okay and, uh
1: we were, we were one of his friends was like blowing smoke from a bong and then into the mask, and then he would wear the mask
0: <laughs> you you know how you do
1: you know how you do uh dancing around to kanye west um
0: <laughs> there's nothing I can picture your brother doing more than just smoking out a Darth Vader mask and dancing <laughs> to kanye West it's
1: yeah. <laughs> I I would get up in the morning and like some of his friends would be asleep on the floor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was mostly that's the other thing is it was uh, some of my friends, a lot of our mutual friends and then a bunch of his friends, because most of my friends were that were not in the state at the right, time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was something. So eventually it petered out and we were like, all right, everybody has to go home because we have to like clean. Right. <laughs> We got, we got some buffer days. So we're super tired. We have slept barely at all for, like, four days uh, because of HES Fest, <laughs> And we've been, like, cleaning and everything. And so we're just on the couch, like, so tired, um, stoned as hell, looking for something to watch. And we put on Paul Blart. Absolutely. You
0: did. There is nothing better to come out of a rager than Paul. Watching Paul Blart is that moment of I've, <laughs> I've reached rock bottom. I've got to get I've got to turn some shit around in my life at this point. I got to change some things.
1: So as we were watching it. We we're like, is it just because we're high or is this like this isn't funny? He just killed a dog. Du- this seems kind of serious his life is is horrible is this just a really fucked up dramedy and like we didn't know it is this like a an actual like somber film about a sad middle-aged man <laughs> and we were literally just like walking around in a circle because we were just exhausted and high and so confused while the movie was going on, just being like is, is it just like a really weird like dry like satirical film <laughs>
0: I, there is a scene that oh, <laughs> I remember really thinking was funny as a kid. And then as I watched it two days ago, I realized this is really sad. And it's this scene where Paul is sat across a man who we dubbed Black Guy Fietti <laughs> because he has on a flame <laughs> shirt. And they're both eating the driest nachos I have seen in my it's- entire life.
1: They're the saddest fucking nachos in the world. Yeah, uh,
0: eating those. And then Paul's like, ooh, these are a little spicy. Let me drink some of this. And then grabs like a pitcher, which, you know, the only thing you get a pitcher of at a bar is alcohol. But Paul just begins <laughs> downing it. And then they're like, oh, by the way, Paul, that's not lemonade. That's a margarita. How do you not know the difference between a lemonade and a margarita? Well, if you are a, a deeply
1: deeply depressed alcoholic possibly but he doesn't
0: drink that's the other thing he does not drink which is so weird to me <laughs> it's really weird so then he just gets really drunk ruins him cuz uh, like at the beginning of the movie he has a good relationship with glee woman like she, yeah like she's kind of into it and him. she lets him like drive her around on the segway and then he just ruins it that night and then the next day is like Doesn't apologize to her. He's just like, I have hypoglycemia and alcohol turns to sugar in the blood. And it's like, Paul, that's not the issue. bud. the issue, (laughs) the issue is like you (laughs) grabbed the microphone from a very scary looking karaoke singer screamed. I'm a golden God and jumped out a window.
1: It's the hypoglycemia. It's the (laughs)
0: hypoglycemia that gets you when you think about it holy we
1: have to we have to talk about the card that he gives her the card that he takes the time to to steal right and pick out while his daughter is in danger i'll be honest
0: <laughs> i didn't mind it that much i thought it was kind of sweet i thought since he had already like shown that he's trying to save her i think there was already a redemption arc in her mind so i didn't think it was that bad until you read it and that's where the <laughs> issues began <laughs> It's
1: it's awful. So And I, I did see, I did not watch it in Discord with you guys, but I did see that you did post a screen cap of it in the Discord. And honestly,
0: what's weird is his handwritten part is less creepy. So it says, Amy, you are like a great meal. You make me feel stuffed with feelings. Plus, I don't need to unbutton my pants. Paul. Firstly, uh, Paul... Never tell the person you're trying to go out with that you don't need to unbutton your pants. (laughs) The creepy part to me is the letter itself, is the card itself. This is what was already written in the letter. There are these moments in my mind, crystal clear images of you and me and how we fit together. And it all makes such perfect sense. And I know what I want. I want to touch you so softly. Happy birthday. Fucking sucks. <laughs> worst. worst th- Paul. So but, fucking creepy. Th- that means Paul went in there. I-, I guess he was in a bit of a rush. His daughter had been kidnapped. But like that's the one you grab. But you get the one with the puppy on the front that says I'm sorry. Or something like that. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. That would be better than than that fucking god it's it's just it's the combination of that creepy ass card and his d- bizarre childlike sentiment yes
0: um, I uh, I'll probably I don't know if I can put this in the comment yeah I could probably put a Google Drive link in the show notes for this uh, the last thing I do have to say about Paul Blart too is there's this moment at the end where Paul Blart confronts the villain of that movie who is arguably trying way too hard the villain in the first one tried the exact right amount to be in a Paul Blart movie. Well,
1: oh, it's, it's what's his face? Neil McDonough. It's, it's Neil
0: McDonough for the second yes. one.
1: He he That man does not phone shit he in. He does
0: not. He nails it through the whole thing. But, like, Paul confronts him and then is like, but you don't seem to understand what i've got on my side and then all the mall cops we've met in the movie come out behind him and it's at that moment during the movie i paused it and said give me one second y'all and then i loaded up the avengers theme song perfectly syncs i hate it i hate it so yeah i, I uh, ended up cu- cutting all of that together and then also putting paul blart's face on captain america when he says avengers assemble so i may put that in the show notes um you have too much free time it, it, officially it was one of those things that as soon as the movie was over i said i gotta do it i gotta do this i can't not it's gonna be in my brain forever oh we didn't bring this up but god they did his daughter so dirty in that second movie they did, cause, and not even like character was, cause character was she has some interesting growth, like she's moving away to college. It's the fact they dressed her like the oldest woman in existence for every single scene she's in.
1: Yeah, she's a uh, she's just a grandma clothes, and then you get that creepy fucking thing where it's like that like you can't wear the bathing suit or whatever because it's like too revealing it wasn't
0: revealing at all she looked like that girl what got turned into a blueberry in willy wonka <laughs> like it was just all like her almost her whole body was covered and paul was like whoa ho, i see you're revealing victoria's secret
1: <laughs> and it, it's i don't know it's just like i know that that's like the weird like dad daughter purity thing it comes across he's a
0: worse person so gross and he's a much worse person in the second one i don't know what it is but he's a this is true he's a terrible person in the second one objectively Uh Uh, also she ends up finding like a boyfriend but that boyfriend does look a lot like danny gonzalez and i was like oh no Yeah, he does. And he's, he's dumb as a rock. He's such a little idiot. He might be the best part of that movie. Uh, should we get into some fun fiction? Because we're going to be here a while, and I do apologize for that. We both, we both worked off the same prompt, I will say. Because at one point, I was like, you're definitely doing this, right? And you said yes. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first?
1: I'll go first, just because mine's pretty short. Okay, cool. And I know you've got you've got your fucking Homeric <laughs> epic, yes. Paul Blart Iliad. You're gonna hurt me with. Uh, okay, so uh, for my my uh, as you said, we have the same prompt, which is Paul Blart Mall Cop Three. Obviously, right? Obviously. Now, um, this is more what I've got is sort of more of like a loose hitch than something that has been, you know, fully meticulously crafted. Right. Um and I'm gonna have to give you, again, just some context. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was Hessfest 2015.
1: <laughs> uh no. Uh I just recently watched this um horror movie on HBO uh called The Empty Man. Okay. Not to be confused with the the hollow man. Or the but- shadow man. <laughs> <laughs> It's it sucks shit. It's a bad movie. Um I put well, I put on because the concept was interesting to me because it was about like a bunch of like people that teen, the cult that like recruits teenagers and shit to think really hard about stuff so they can make like tulpas and they make a tulpa of a man. That's
0: that's sick. That's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean the movie makes no fucking sense and it's full of plot holes and it's really stupid, but I'm like, that's an interesting concept, and so that was, uh, partly in my mind when I came up with this, so... <laughs> Paul Blart <Mal-tulpa>. <laughs> <laughs> So, hear- hear me out! Okay. This is a story about six childhood friends. That they- they've grown up together, um, and they're- they're teenagers. It's, uh, three kind of random kids and then three brothers- and oh, no. uh, <laughs> their names are Troy, Tom, Sly, Tucker, Jason, and Gordon. Unfortunately, uh, Troy gets into a terrible car accident the day before they're all going to go see Paul Blart, mall cop. And so the other boys, like, they go to the hospital. They're, like, crowded around Troy's bed. And, like, it's not good. It's it's looking pretty bad, and they're just like, oh my god, like you know, like this can't be happening because they're like fifteen, you know. And oh, I thought that was like, them
0: reacting to Paul Blart Mall too. Yeah. <laughs> this can't be happening. <laughs> be happening.
1: Well, and Troy says to them, "Hey, like it's gonna be okay. Go see Paul Blart for me, because that was what they were all gonna do as a group. And so they do. Not only do they go see Paul Blart, they make a solemn vow that every year on the anniversary of Troy's death they will watch Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh my God. <laughs> Fast forward 10 years, they are now adults. The weight of the yearly Paul Blart watch weighs heavier and heavier <laughs> on them. They, they, you know, it's no longer about celebrating the memory of their dear friend. It's, it's become like a... It's become a chore. It's become a, a drudge. It's become something that they actively
0: hate. It's habitual.
1: Yes, it's habitual. I mean, they're they're saying that they're still doing it for, like, Troy, and also, like, you know, now that they're adults, they're not, like, this is the one thing that brings them all back
0: together. Right.
1: But also, they hate it so much, because it's a shitty movie <laughs> that they have tied the, their friendship and the memory of their, their dear dead friend to. And so they're just consumed with with these hateful thoughts about Paul Blart Mall Cop (sighs) that are so intense and so extreme that Paul Blart begins to manifest in the real world and hunt them down one by one, much like um, a much better horror film, It Follows.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say, it also has like It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 vibes. It's
1: got some It vibes too. Yeah, there's some It vibes Mm -hmm. there. Uh, But yeah, so... Like you, they'll they'll start hear like the squeak of like a Segway like a rrr, like mm-hmm. down a hallway, but they turn around and there's nothing there. They they see like a trail of like pixie stick dust mm-hmm. leading up to like a an open window.
0: You see like the shot from Signs of a Birthday Party, except instead <laughs> of an alien, it's a Segway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so in these bits and pieces, Paul Blart manifests in the physical realm and begins, you know, uh, killing them one by one until, uh, it takes out the, the other two extraneous friends and then there's just the three brothers that are left and they have to figure out, okay, well, if he's a manifestation of, like, our thoughts, we have to watch Paul Blart again, but we have to, like, we have to enjoy it or he's going to kill us.
0: Oh, no! Oh, <laughs> no! so you just gotta go through the whole movie and be like i guess that's all right that's a cool bit i guess
1: this movie is called till death do us yeah Board. that's what i figured i will say I, was, I, I wanted you to i was i was like oh damn it he already brought up the podcast
0: oh yeah yeah i, I the moment you're like so there's three brothers i'm like mm-hmm, yeah i feel like i know where this is going <laughs> Shit, that's very Paul good. Paul Blart
1: hunts them for sport. It's like,
0: um, it's like uh, the uh Human Centipede sequels that were just like someone watched the first movie and decided to do copycat killings, and that the third one's like someone watched the first two movies and then decided <laughs> to do some <laughs> copycat killing. Oh god, yeah, that's really good. Um, I, ju- I think there were. I think there were probably about three points I actually laughed genuinely at what they were trying to do. I am ashamed of the fact that I did giggle at the point where he tries to do the cool slide, except he stops really short and just has to, like, wiggle his way behind the thing. It's not a good movie, but with friends, you can make it work. (laughs) I suppose. All right. Well, anything else on Till Death Do Us Blart? Coming soon to a theater near you,
1: Um, it's very heavily rated R. Also. Oh,
0: absolutely. Very gory. Um, well, With me, I sat back. I had a few thoughts. I was like, well, I-, I could make this silly and goofy. Or alternately, I could take the Taika Waititi approach, which is the first two weren't good. I'm a now. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna go in this third one, and I'm gonna save it, no, turn it around. Then they're oh, then they're gonna give me Paul Blart Mall Cop four, and then I'm gonna make nothing but jokes in it, and people are gonna get real mad at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I gonna say before you get into it, just because now that we have brought up Death Do Us Blart, the nothing is gonna be a better idea for Paul Blart Mall Cop three than the one that they suggested on the show, which is that he's there for, It's Paul Blart Capital Wall Company's and he's there for the January 6th <laughs>
0: election. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard the latest one. That's so good. I listened to it earlier <laughs> <today>. <laughs> That's very good.
1: <laughs> it's really good.
0: Well, I thought about something. Like going, I guess because we just had Jeff Stormer on. I realized Paul Blart is a bit like... When you think about a mall, it's bringing all of these people together. It's bringing the goths for like the hot topic, like emo kids and the Spencer's get and stoners and the Spencer's gifts prep. It brings everyone together. It really is a melting pot, but all of them all come together and hate Paul Blart. So in that way, he is a bit like the great clown Pagliacci, which is he gives these people the gift of this great mall and this gift of being together. And he must suffer alone forever. Um
1: but Doctor, I am Paul <laughs> <The doctor.
0: laughs> Why
1: don't you, that great mall cop is in town. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So uh, this is Paul Blart Mall Cop 3. There is another subtitle, but I won't reveal that till the end. Uh, Like I said, this is my type.
1: I I love when movies have a secret subtitle that they don't tell you about (laughs) until you're partway through.
0: It's not. And I will say it is not Get Deadpool Home. (laughs) Uh, So this begins directly after the events of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. And for his bravery during the infamous 2015 art heist of the Wynn Resort and Casino, Paul Blart has finally achieved one of his life's goals, to become the head of security at the West Orange Pavilion Mall. I didn't realize that till other... It's real fucked up how he's not head of security after the first movie.
1: Well, it's fucked up that they offer him the state trooper thing after the first movie, and he's like,
0: nah. This is my mall, baby. Uh, Unfortunately, the job as head of security doesn't turn out to be everything it's cracked up to be. The opening of the film features a slow montage of Paul Blart throughout the years, walking through the mall and we see as various storefronts evolve from bustling homes of commerce to featuring large signs advertising going out of business sales to finally empty shells of what they once were. We see the various mom and pop kiosks closing down and being replaced with phone repair shops and vapories, KB Toys, Payless, Sharper Image, all gone. The mall is evaporating in front of Paul Blart's eyes as we finally arrive in 2022, where Paul is still head of security, but what's he really securing anymore? Due to budget cuts, he can only afford a staff of two, himself and Danny, a weird little man played by Justin Long, who kind of... I love me a Justin (laughs) Long. He looks to Paul Blart almost as an idol. Uh, Paul himself has aged up quite a bit. His hair is a little grayer, a little bit more unkempt. His famous mustache now has salt and pepper stubble around it. This is old man Blart we're dealing with. Oh my god! Also, I didn't write it in there, but just assume for the final fight he shaves back down and is just the mustache. Uh, I'll make a mental note of it. Yeah, and with I'll be honest, you're gonna forget based on the other things I do to Paul Blart in this. Uh, with his daughter moving away to UCLA, he has found himself lonelier than ever before. So he tries to look to his past to find comfort, but instead only finds a mystery. You see, Paul Blart didn't grow up with a dad. His mother was hardworking, ambitious, and worked to be the only parent. Oh, you're not fucking ready. Uh, (laughs) She worked to be the only parent Paul really needed. But still, the question burned in the mall cop's head. Where did I come from? What's my legacy? Who was the OG Blart? And would he be proud of Paul? Unfortunately, there's no information to be found anywhere. Nothing on his birth certificates. All of his mom's friends who would have known his father died in various milk truck accidents. (laughs) In in fact, the only one left alive gets immediately hit by a food truck before Paul can ask any questions. So instead, he orders a chocolate lava cake from the food truck and goes about his day. (laughs)
1: Right as I was going to drink. Water.
0: <laughs> I saw it. We have a few scenes of Paul Blart being bad as is cust or being sad, I'm sorry, as is customary for any Paul Blart movie. Also, the lady from the end of Paul Blart 2 that was being set up as his future wife probably got trampled by a horse or something. She's not in this movie either. <laughs> Paul Blart cannot live a happy life. That is the rule of this series. But one night, things change. Paul goes into Paul the attic.
1: Peter Parker, basically the same guy.
0: <laughs> this is my gift. This is my curse. I am mall cop. If someone told you that this was a happy story, <laughs> somebody, somebody lied. lied. Uh, Paul goes into his attic and begins looking through boxes and he finds an old yellow envelope. And it says, from dad. He opens it and he finds a letter. But before he can read it, he immediately spills all of the jelly out of the jelly donut he was eating onto the letter, and he can't read it. By the way, he was eating a jelly donut this entire scene. Uh, Paul (laughs) sighs disheartened when he finds something else in the envelope, and it's this weird little green rock. Paul looks at it, a bit confused, and places it in his pocket. The first, last, and only gift his father ever gave him. Now, this is where the film takes a bit of a turn, because as the skin of Paul Blart touches that rock and he places it into his pocket, it begins to f- faintly glow a sickly green color. Before we can get any answers, however, Paul rushes off to work one more day, just like he has for the past 17 years at the now dilapidated West Orange Pavilion Mall. He gets verbally abused by an old woman before a child kicks him in the kneecap when he passes by a K Jewelers. He and... Danny walk inside, and Paul, curious about the strange rock he had found, pulls it out and places it on the table, readying to have it appraised by the K Jewelers people. Before anyone can walk over, Danny looks down, sees the rock, and snatches it away with fear in his eyes. Where did you get that? He asks the elder Blart as he grabs the rock off of the table, causing it to glow even more violently. Damn it. He sighs under his breath. Blart, I'm serious. Where did you get this? Uh... Fuck. (laughs) I found it in a box of Cheerios? Blart lies through his teeth as Danny begins stumbling over his words. No, this is this is not good. We don't have time for this. Danny begins running through the mall as the green rock's sheen begins to glow brighter and brighter in his hands. Eventually, the light of the rock breaks through the gaps in Danny's fingers and begins shooting beams of green energy through the mall. Paul gives chase, attempting to wrestle the last gift of his father away from Danny, but the young boy is just too spry. When the rock seems like it can't glow any brighter, Danny decides to make a hail merry throw and leans back and tosses the stone into a nearby dillard's blart screams out angrily as he rushes towards the department store when suddenly <sighs> paul danny and the entire populace of the mall are flung backwards violently as the dillard's is instantly vaporized what the what fuck? once was a department store now looks like an extension of the parking lot they they paved the dillards and put up a parking lot
1: oh fuck you uh, i got i got i got to just just slide in real quick here just because you keep referring to danny as such a sprightly young lad just, justin long is 44 years old i'm aware
0: of how old justin long is but he's got a child's face and i'm willing to let him <laughs> be in this <laughs> and it's okay, it's fine. Uh, as the smoke and rubble begin to clear, three large men sporting strange rep weaponry, rush in and immediately grab Danny and begin pulling him away. Blart attempts to wrestle Danny back, but it's no use. That young mall cop gets taken by these strange individuals, but Blart's day isn't over yet as he looks up to see an imposing, slim figure staring down at him, the villain of the movie played by Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Why, hello there. He smiles that trademark terrifying smile as he holds out a hand. Please, let me help you. I just need a bit of information from you. Who is in charge here? And you know, Paul Blart could have lied in that moment. Paul could have pointed him towards the White House or the United Nations or wherever Beyonce lives. But the fact of the matter is this. That was his mall. That was his Dillard's. And there was only one man in charge. Paul fucking Blart. <laughs> I, I am. Paul finally spits out between breaths. <laughs> really? The man's false smile quickly becomes a real one as he chuckles to himself. <laughs> I uh, I hope you understand that I did not arrive here today to make jokes. I need the truth. And I'm telling you the truth. Paul begins to get confident in that moment, the reality of the situation finally sinking in. This is my mall. These are my people. We cut to a bunch of mall goers being like, we don't fucking know him. Shut up. (laughs) Well, the point still stands. This is my domain. This is my mall. And this is my world. Hmm. Well, then I uh, have terrible news for you, Mr. Blart, because this world is mine now. If you want to take this mall from me, you're going to have to pry it from my cold. My cold. You got a surprise from my (laughs) Paul immediately Passes out due to his hypoglycemia You know that thing that really happens Falling against the suited Man and collapsing in a heap Hmm Feel like he had more to say than that Oh well The man laughs and snaps his fingers Sending two more men to drag Blart away but then they can't do it because he's just so heavy. And so then he sends like two more people. Like, I, I don't like writing these jokes, but it's all these movies have six men drag Paul Blart away. Jesus Christ. He awakens a few hours later, his head pounding and his head of security batch ripped away from his shirt. What he appears to be in is a prison cell, but there aren't any bars on it. Paul looks around confused as he slowly steps forward and gets immediately and violently electrocuted by an invisible energy field that sits at the front of the cell. It's really funny because he's fat and fat people deserve to suffer. Anyways,
1: Blart- It's funny when fat people get hurt. (laughs) It's so good.
0: Blart falls back as he hears giggling from the cell next to him. Danny, is that you? Oh, hi, Mr. Blart! Danny's voice echoes through this prison chamber as we get a side-by-side shot of Blart in his cell and Danny in his. Crazy day, huh? Yeah, yeah, you could say that, Blart responds. Danny, I'm gonna need you to tell me what's going on. What was that rock? So uh, you know how you humans have that saying, right? You have to crawl before you can walk, walk before you can run. Well describing that rock is like running and you haven't even begun to crawl yet. Danny, what the hell are you talking about? Also, what do you mean <laughs> you humans? So, okay, well, uh, look, firstly, um don't don't freak out. Little late for that one, Daniel. Okay. Um I am a Lunarian. Lunar, of course, what? meaning related to the moon I am from. I am from your moon, right? And let me guess, the guy in the suit earlier is Marvin the Martian? Oh, no, no, he's not from Mars. He's not even from our galaxy. That's Korvac the Regulator. He's one of the highest ranking (laughs) members of the Galactic Triumvirate. He's in charge of welcoming new planets into the triumvirate. If they comply with the Council's laws, they gain the protection of the triumvirate. If they don't, they're destroyed. To be honest, I'm extremely jealous. You got to meet him. What did he smell like? They said it's like brimstone and Cinnabon combined. Danny, stay on track. What is the galactic triumvirate? So a uh, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Hey, Star Wars joke. You like those, right? Danny, focus. Sorry. Um, Three of the largest galaxies across the universe found themselves at war. And many, many men died unnecessarily. But then the Great Redeemer came along, and he brought the three galaxies together for a treaty, uniting them all under one house. And thus was born the Galactic Triumvirate, a powerful union of the three strongest galaxies out there, and now they police everything across our universe, and if certain individuals get out of line, they bring them in. Which is, guess I guess, how I ended up in this sticky situation. Okay, so aliens exist, sure, why not, Uh, great redeemers, regulators, fine, but why has no one on Earth ever heard of this galactic triumvirate thing? So this is going to be hard to hear. Danny sighs as he leans up against the wall of his cell. But Earth is kind of irrelevant to the galactic triumvirate. Your people spend their time focused on wealth and luxury, which at the end of the day are nice, that's fine. but. They're just toys to play with. You're kind of a planet of kindergarteners. Uh, no no offense, it's just <laughs> the way the Galactic Triumvirate sees it, with your blatant disrespect for your planet and your fellow man, the human race is just a problem that's gonna work itself out sooner rather than later. Right, thanks for the existential crisis there. Uh, what exactly made you show up on Earth then, if we're just pests doomed to die? Oh, well, like I said, no one really cares Earth exists, which makes it one hell of a hiding spot. It's nice to be able to exist on my own and not in that grand scope of the universe that the triumvirate preaches. I want to be myself. Plus, it's a nice little planet for a vacation. I mean, most of the people suck, but it's cheap and fun. I mean, you're basically Planet (laughs) Pensacola. That's somehow the worst thing you've said so far. So why are we here now? How did they find us? Well, that rock, as you called it, it's kind of an emergency escape rope, for lack of a better term. If someone under the protection of the triumvirate, which like almost everyone is, uh, sorry, no offense, but if someone in the triumvirate picks it up and is in distress, it immediately calls a ship to their rescue. Unfortunately, it doesn't know the difference between the distress of please help me and the distress of why the hell does Paul Blart have one of these? And when I picked up the communicator at K's, it brought this down. He holds out his arms referencing the spaceship they are currently on. Which leads me to my next question. I know you didn't find this in a box of cereal, Paul. Where did you get this? Before Blart can answer whether he wanted to or not, a loud whoosh fills the room as suddenly guards flood in and grab Danny, ripping him from within his cell. They don't even turn off the electrical force field, they drag his body through that blistering electricity before throwing him onto the ground before Korvac the Regulator. I should thank you, young one, Korvac laughs quietly. I have been itching for a reason to destroy that filthy planet and you just gave it to me. I mean, we could erase the memory of those individuals who saw our ship land in that departmented store or whatever, but we can't erase the footage that already exists. We can't erase the effect it's already had, the news broadcast, the conspiracy theorists. The evidence has already begun to spread like a virus. And I'm left with no choice but to cut that virus off at the head. And then the entire universe will finally all bow to the galactic triumvirate. Why not just let Earth join? Paul speaks up from within his cell, urging Korvac. Why do you have to destroy the planet? (laughs) Because, Mr. Blart. The regulator laughs as he quietly paces towards the elder mall cop. I don't intend on injecting my empire with the lethal dose of poison that is your race. Then let me fight for it. Paul finally speaks up. The room falls silent. A look of sheer terror shoots across the face of Danny, who gets tossed to the ground as Korvac the Regulator begins to violently laugh. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I am, <laughs> I am I'm terribly sorry for the insulting laughter that you most certainly deserve, Mr. Blart. It's just that I'm a bit busy for a battle. You see, you only have domain over your little mall to worry about. I have Andromeda, Cygnus A, Canis Major, the entire Virgo cluster. I have the universe to worry about. His footsteps echo as he quietly begins to exit. The guards dragging Danny by his arms, leading him away to a fate worse than death, when suddenly Paul Blart's voice echoes through that chamber once again. "'Abercrombie and Fitch!' He proudly declares, standing to his feet and walking towards Korvac. "'I beg your pardon, Mr. Blart.' Forever 21. Game stop. Michael Kors. He grunts in pain as his body comes into contact with that electrical field, but Paul Blart is not deterred and he continues walking forward. Crates and barrel. Hollister. GNC. Build a bear workshop. He screams as he finally pushes past the electrical field and falls to his knees, free from his shackles and escaped from his cage. It may not be as big as Andromeda, but my mall is my universe. My stores are my galaxies, and each person who works there is a world unto themselves. And I will fight for them. He looks over to Danny, blood pouring out of his nose. And I'll fight for him. And if I win, Earth is free. And if I lose... Just remember to bury me outside the Johnny Rockets. Paul Blart (laughs) holds out a hand to Korvac, the regulator, who looks down with a smirk. Hmm. Clear my schedule, men. This is going to be interesting. He smiles and shakes Paul Blart's hand. You have 12 hours to prepare. Good luck, Mr. Blart. Oh, and please, remember to take your trash with you. With a quiet chuckle, the guards toss Danny towards Blart, where the young Lunarian falls in a heap at the foot of the mall cop. Danny looks up in amazement as the door is shut behind the guards and Korvac. You... you saved me. Temporarily, Blart responds. I... I, I can't promise anything in 12 hours. I... wow, I... I just did that. Wow, how oh, wow. You did! I am both proud and very amazed at how stupid you are. Yeah, you're not the first one to say that. Come on, let's get you ready for the big fight. Danny urges, placing an arm around Paul and walking him out the door and onto the main bridge of the ship itself. It was massive, with a large glass dome sat overhead, allowing sunlight to rain down onto its inhabitants. The most shocking part of it all, however, was how familiar the sight was to Paul Blart. The ship had two levels, one level forming a border around the inside of the ship that allowed them to look down onto the level below. In order to move between the two levels, the ship's inhabitants used such high-tech equipment as moving stairways and elevating chambers. Within each level were numerous smaller locales where one could grab food or shop or even bank. While Korvac the Regulator would refer to this location as the Galactic Starcade, the truth of the matter was... Paul blarts in home territory. This was a mall. Paul excitedly rushes forward and immediately stumbles down an upward-moving escalator because he's a big, fat idiot. But eventually, (laughs) he manages to fall all the way down to the first floor, and what he finds before him could only be described as a Galactic Bass Pro Shop, featuring large guns and machetes, perfect weapons for his battle against Korvac. Paul smirks as he steps forward into the store, and is immediately electrocuted he falls back as once again one of those electric force fields prevent his entry into the store and that's when paul noticed something strange about this mall there weren't any fun interactions between guests you didn't see the goth kids from hot topic drinking orange Jul- juliuses with the nerds from fye you didn't see the beautiful union of Aeropostale and abercrombie there was a gap Not the store. There was a gap between the people. (laughs) Damn it! You see, a mall is a melting pot. It brings together everyone and allows them to experience hundreds of different types of people in different types of stores. But not this mall. This mall, the stores weren't invitations to new perspectives. They were prisons. Paul watches as nearly a dozen camoed individuals, all looking the same, stepped into the Galactic Bass Pro before walking right back out and out to their car. I guess car, okay, he he looks over and sees the same thing happening at every store in the mall. Sorry about that, Danny comments. In order to prevent crowding and assist customers in their shopping journeys, the Galactic Triumvirate created an economic algorithm that analyzes the clientele of the ship and gives them custom maps of the area, allowing them to access only the stores they actually need. This prevents wasteful window shopping and helps people get in and out faster. That's not what a mall is. Paul looks disgusted as suddenly a bright beam of light shines from Danny's watch and runs up and down the mall cop's body. Whoa, hey, what's going on there, big man? Oh, I just needed to get you analyzed, so hopefully we can get you into a store and get you suited up. The device on Danny's wrist beeps after a moment, signifying it had completed his appraisal of the Terran known as Paul Blart. All right, here we go. Looks like the store meant for you is right over here. Danny turns and reveals... A bit of a strange store. I'll be honest, I'm not exactly sure how it's even a store because it's just, like, a bunch of people, like, walking into rakes and then the rake, like, shoots up and smacks them in the face. And then in the corner, there are, like, a bunch of people partaking in, like, nacho-eating contests and chugging margaritas. And then in the front of the store, like, directly in the view of the public are two Stairmasters, which featured two individuals consistently falling down them comically while another finds himself shot across the building after falling on a treadmill. Interestingly enough, this is one of the few stores that actually featured window shopping in a way. People standing, staring, and laughing at the bumbling idiots within. It wasn't a store. It was a zoo. A zoo that, unfortunately, Paul Blart saw himself in. Funny joke, Danny. Paul comments under his breath as he rushes back towards the escalator and rides up to the top. No, Paul! Danny gives chase, following Paul back to the cells they recently escaped from. I didn't know it was going to do that. I don't control the algorithms. I, I I promise. No, Danny, look, it's, it's right. That's who I am. I'm the fat guy to laugh at. I'm the comic relief. I am not the star of this story. I'm not meant to save the galaxy. I'm not even meant... I'm not even meant to protect my own mall. I'm just here for jokes, so... Guess it's time to get ready for the next big punchline. Blart stares at a window that looks down on his own. The West Orange Pavilion Mall, not even a speck on the big blue dot that is planet Earth. Paul, that's... that's not true. Danny comments quietly as he places a hand on Paul's shoulder. Paul, I know who you are, and I know what you can do. And I have to tell you something. I have to tell you why I actually ended up on Earth. Danny, what does it matter? I'm going to die in 12, 11 hours now. I think you'll find it matters a lot. You see, when the Great Redeemer formed the Galactic Triumvirate, he was a kind man. The reason why he was able to unite all of these worlds was because he celebrated their differences. The reason why he saved the galaxy wasn't by doing it his way, it was by letting everyone do it their own way, to be themselves, to live their truths, until... Korvac came along. Because Korvac realized that it's a lot easier to get everyone to think the same versus accepting that we can't. And about a month after Korvac took power, the Great Redeemer disappeared. And for years, no one knew where the hell he could be. But, I did. In the moment that my mother and father allowed me to go off-world, I immediately came to Earth. One hell of a hiding spot. Blart reiterates Danny's words from earlier in the day. (laughs) Planet Pensacola, baby. But, unfortunately, when I got here, the Great Redeemer was gone. I couldn't find him, I couldn't see him, but... But I could feel him. I could feel the energy of someone who was willing to accept everyone. I could feel the energy of a man that would withstand eternal loneliness to ensure there was a place where the many could be united, and that man was you, Paul. I, I want you to see something. It's honestly not something I was able to see myself until you pulled that homing beacon out. With that, Danny reaches into his pocket and pulls out a folded piece of paper that had been ripped out of a textbook, handing it to Blart. Paul slowly unfolds it to reveal a picture of the Great Redeemer. And he wasn't the tall, imposing, muscular figure you'd expect. No, he was short, portly, he had a receding hairline, a stupid mustache. In lieu of walking, he preferred riding everywhere on a levitating platform. And in the footnote of the image, it reads, Blartox, the Great Redeemer. You said it yourself, Paul. Danny comments, his eyebrows furrowing. The universe is just a mall. The galaxies are just storefronts and the Great Redeemer was just the first mall cop. And I think that legacy lies in your blood. Paul Blart, you are the mall cop supreme. Well, I guess I gotta fight him now. Paul finally comments after a long silence, causing Danny to erupt in joyous laughter as he hugs Blart. And I'm not just gonna fight Danny. I'm gonna win. Well, you know, he does have like a giant mech suit, so. Oh yeah, I really feel like you should have started with that, but uh, okay, fine, fine. He looks out back towards the mall where he sees two people a young emo girl with blue hair and pronouns from the Spencer's gifts pavilion and a shirtless muscular man just getting off his shift at space Abercrombie and Fitch. The duo collide dropping their bags and give each other the biggest, brightest smiles when suddenly the devices on their wrists shock them back to reality, causing those smiles to fade as they collect their items and walk away. Hey, wait a minute. Blart screams out as he picks up a shirt that says 420-365 and hands it to the young girl. Thanks. She smiles nervously as everyone does when approached by Paul Blart and attempts to shuffle away when Paul grabs her by the arm. Hey, um, I'm not telling you what to do, but seemed like that guy really needed a shirt. He gestures towards the shirtless Abercrombie model, and moments later, the God. duo the duo were strolling through the mall, his abs now covered in a weed shirt, as she smiles the biggest smile and jumps on him for a piggyback ride. Why did the aliens have weed shirts? I, look, you know aliens love weed. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens love is weed. Now, I'd love to tell you that the following 11 hours had Paul Blart with like a cool samurai sword fighting off Jaegers and various battle simulations, getting stronger by the minute. But that's not Paul Blart. Instead, what happened over the course of those 11 hours saw that shopping pavilion become a mall. Preps, geeks, weirdos, and punks all coming together to enjoy each other's company and enjoy the mall. But as the day began to come to a close, Paul noticed something bizarre. Due to the sheer camaraderie he had encouraged, the economic algorithm began to be overloaded as punks were no longer strictly punks. Hunters weren't strictly hunters. The world wasn't black and white, and it caused the algorithm to overload itself and shoot sparks of electricity across the mall before a blackout shot across the ship and coincidentally allowed every single store to be open for everyone. Unfortunately, however, as the crowd shuffled into the various stores, excited to experience a fully open world, the electricity turned on once again, and instead of keeping the customers out, they were now trapped inside of each store, prisoners of a mad titan who began to violently stomp throughout his space mall, perched inside of a large mech suit resembling a great ape that leaves imprints in the ground as it stepped, sending cracks throughout the ship itself. Blart, your time is up. The smooth voice of Korvac the Regulator echoes throughout a speaker in the mech's chest as we cut to a very nervous Danny playing with the wires in a fuse box. Danny, Danny, come on, we don't have much time, Blart urges from within the shadows. I'm working as fast as I can. You know, there's not exactly a manual for this. Sparks shoot between Danny's fingers, singeing them with electrical energy as the footsteps of Korvac's mech get closer and closer. We then see that blue-haired Spencer's employee and her Abercrombie crush nervously huddled together in a futuristic KB Toys. He holds her tight as Korvac decides to make an example of them, grabbing the display SUV in the middle of this space mall and getting ready to hurl it towards them, when suddenly a large explosion sounds behind Korvac, coming directly from a galactic T-Rex cafe. That explosion is followed by a second heavy thud as something massive lands in front of Korvac. And as the dust settles, we can finally see Paul Blart Mall cop. Face shaved, perfect mustache. But oh,
1: see, I would I would have forgotten if you hadn't told
0: me. Well, there is one thing different about him. You don't exactly see his body. Because it is now sat inside of a large animatronic Tyrannosaurus Rex. Now, look, I don't want to spoil this fight because clearly Kevin James is listening and is about to hire me to write this film, and I don't want to give everything away. But, like, would you not pay fucking money to see Kevin James as a giant mechanized Godzilla fighting Giancarlo Esposito as Robot King Kong? <laughs> Anyways, the fight's badass. I'm going to hire the people who did Pacific Rim just for this fight. <laughs> Nearing the end of the fight, they collide towards the front of the ship and end up destroying its autopilot system, sending it hurtling towards Earth and also towards the West Orange Pavilion Mall. Danny does what he must and finds an escape pod, rushing towards the planet, hoping to evacuate the mall before the ship makes its final impact everyone is now going into a free fall desperately trying to find some place to be safe but for Korvac and Paul Blart this battle cannot end they fight like that like Morbius and Milo Morbius in that one scene where they're falling they fall through the ship I'm still not over but for
1: Paul Blart and Korvac, the regulator this fight must continue
0: <laughs> they fight as they fall (laughs) through the ship when Paul looks up and sees the bright white full moon behind them and Paul smirks and says have fun on the blart side of the moon and uses his massive (laughs) mechanized uses his massive mechanized T-Rex tail to whip Korvac out of the ship through its glass ceiling and into space itself where he hurtles towards the moon meanwhile back on earth Danny manages to evacuate the mall just in time as the ship crashes down and unfortunately completely obliterates the West Orange Pavilion Mall. However, ironically enough, the mall within the UFO relatively untouched. So we cut forward a few months, and now the West Orange Pavilion Mall has reopened, but with an Area 51 UFO-type theme. And as far as the Galactic Triumvirate goes, it is finally united all planets, all galaxies, and all universes, as Earth becomes the final piece in the puzzle, and Paul Blart Space Cop takes his father's place as the leader of the universe. But his home will always be right there at the West Orange Pavilion Mall. And then he like trips on a banana peel or some <laughs> shit cuz he's like real fat and then everyone laughs at him. So that is um that is Paul Blart Mall Cop 3 Blart side of the moon.
1: God. <laughs> so what, what Paul Blart movie is your favorite one? Oh, I like the one where Paul Blart fights Korvac the regulator to take let Earth take its place in the galactic triumvirate.
0: Very good, Billy. Very good. <laughs> Fucked. So that's what I wrote. <laughs> Your silence speaks volumes.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's probably the best.
0: (laughs) We really didn't follow the prompt of this show at all this week. We did not ruin that thing. You like we make we fixed that thing. You hate (laughs) exactly. But now we fixed Paul Blart. We got to move on to next week. And I don't know. uh, It's audience request week. Any of these sticking out to you? now while you look that up i will say we have made history today kind of because when we did start our episode ideas baby spreadsheet the very first thing i put in was paul blart mall cop so we have now officially done the first thing i've suggested
1: oh my good god yep there it is Mm
0: mm-hmm and now it's gone I do love in, in the discord Big Mike was like I don't think I did this to y'all but I am sorry if I did and I'm like no 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 don't worry it's not you it is fully me I fully did this to us Clifford? yeah let's do Cliff oh yeah because oh yes that means I can watch the new one and you know who's in it your favorite is Martin Short in the new Clifford movie? Why did I feel like he was? No, it's our favorite. Um, it's our favorite person whose interests lie elsewhere. Jack Whitehall, I believe, is in the uh, new Clifford movie. As uh, Wait, Jack Whitehall, Tony Hale, and John Cleese. What a lineup for Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah. Huh. Oh, wait. There is, there is this other Clifford with Martin Short in it, but it, I don't think it's the same Clifford. It also says Martin Short is a precociously nasty 10-year-old. I really hope... I hope, like, actually... <laughs> what? what is this? What is this? Can we... Oh, I know this isn't what they suggested, I want to do this movie with Martin Oh, from 1994. Oh, no. I want to do this movie with a 10-year-old Martin Short in it oh no we'll do clifford the big red red bog next week oh my god this is the best it looks like do you watch what we do in the shadows right oh yeah uh well spoiler you've seen the end of season three right
1: uh, oh yeah, yeah. With uh,
0: yeah, he looks like baby Colin Robinson. <laughs> he
1: kinda, oh no, I, I just pulled it like I just pulled it up.
0: <laughs> he he do it's baby Colin Robinson. It's <laughs> Clifford. All right, next week we're doing Clifford the Big Red Dog. Whose suggestion was that? Uh, that was Rachel Joy twenty three. Hey, awesome! Thank you, Rachel. Uh, well, until then, though, where could people find you on the Mall Cop? They could find me
1: segwaying down. Sw- I don't fucking. I'm on Twitter at Meg underscore Danger, uh, where I tweet sometimes, and you find links to the other shit that I do. And I guess I mentioned my Tumblr now
0: on the reg yeah.
1: because because that's that's you uh, mention
0: it, but you never know the name of it, and I appreciate that commitment. <laughs>
1: megdanger.tumblr.com or megandanger.tumblr.com you got two choices one of them is right yeah Uh,
0: you can find me on Corvac at Scotty Mo (laughs) S-C-O-T-T-Y-E M-O basically if you want to find me it's gonna be underneath that name so wherever you want to find me look up Scotty Mo if you want to listen to the other stuff I do check out Fight Boys if you're into professional wrestling check out JWF Monday Night Ignition if you just thought hey wrestling needs more Scotty in it and then And also, I never bring this one up, but if you like how I think about sci-fi, like Paul Blart Mall Cop 3, the great sci-fi epic, (laughs) check out Deviant, a space pirate story. It's my lovely little audio drama baby. It's my tribute to Star Wars if uh, Han Solo is actually just the shitty person he was. So yeah, check out Deviant, a space pirate story, or also The Weird. There's there's a lot of shit. Just listen to my podcast, (laughs) y'all.
1: Oh God, we are doing an alien story in the weird right now too. That's right. Let's go. <laughs> Synergy.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, weird dot com. Check it out. We're we've we're winning awards. We are. It's it's fucking weird.
1: I mean the sh- the show. It's it's uh, we we pe- we we nominated for awards. We're
0: not No, I, I thought you were about to say we peaked, and I'm like, no, we've not peaked yet. <laughs> No, we peaked like, yes,
1: a, like a, an episode arc ago.
0: I peaked um, <laughs> ten minutes ago when I finished reading Paul Blart: Mall Cop Three Blurt Side of the Moon. Oh, peaking—that's what you want to call that.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Best Day for the music that lets you know that this is happening now, and you're a part of it. And the music that lets you know that 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 now it's done. <laughs> Your dark deed of listening to this podcast is complete. <laughs> if you like that music, you can hear more of it at SoundCloud.com/slash Best-Hyphen-Day. If you want to hear more about Hessfest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am on the Google reviews for Clifford the Big Red Dog, (laughs) and the top review is five stars, but the review itself is literally just the Wikipedia page for Auschwitz. I don't understand. Even better, I guess not even better, but adding to it, it's posted by Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Hold on, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna send it to you. Um, yeah, that's that's Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, also, make sure to support the show, Patreon.com/slash a load of BS. You get early access to the show as soon as I get done editing it. It immediately gets thrown to you, and I usually yell at the people in the Discord to listen to it. Also, check out the Discord. We don't bring it up a lot, but yeah, I well, I leave it in our show notes every week. You can come and hang out. We. I personally lead some really fucking cursed streams on a weekly basis. More, yeah, you've you've become a little stream boy. Yeah, but only on only on Discord. Morbius, Money Plane, um, <laughs> uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers on multiple occasions. Uh, yeah, and Gosh. then also we do have. Make sure to join us for our exclusive Great Food Truck Race fan club. We've opened up so check that out that's going to be in the show notes join the discord we'd love to see you there and pick up that merch at merch.alodeofpurebs.com it's all still there shockingly enough Incredible! I
1: actually, I got to get... I mean, the one that I, I got to get is one that, that's not a stolen IP, which is just the New York Slice shirt.
0: <laughs> I got to get the New York Slice shirt before a New Jersey Web Fest so I can wear it into New York as I get a New York Slice. Yes. <laughs> I have just sent the review of Clifford to you on Facebook. Oh, it's Jesus. like a full description of Auschwitz. Five stars. Sonic the Hedgehog. And then it says 174. Four people found this helpful, and it, yeah, it's just copy pasted from. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? What are we doing next week? <laughs> I I don't I don't think Clifford the Big Red Dog is about Auschwitz, but who knows?
1: I guess we're gonna find out. <laughs>